Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane James. Well, hello, everyone. Now, in this week's episode, we talk soap star longevity. And we're back in the old schoolyard. Did your fountain pen always leak on your gym slip? And what did a threepenny bit buy you in the tuck shop? Oh, and feel those wheels. Did Janie really learn to drive in an MGBT? And did Sonny always need wooden blocks on the pedals? Sonny, I've been Googling. Googling? Googling what, dear? I've Googled longest-serving soap opera characters. And did you know that you have served in the Archers as Lillian Mm. longer Mm. than Ina Sharples? No. You, yeah, yeah. Violet Carson did Ina Sharples for 19 years and you've done 21. I was, it's really, really interesting looking at, looking at some of these people. You've done Mm. longer than Elsie Tanner. Pat Phoenix. Pat Phoenix. Yeah. Extraordinary. So so you've been Lillian for longer than, um, longer than Pat Phoenix was Elsie Tanner. Longer than Noel Gordon was Meg Richardson in Crossroads, for those of us who remember Crossroads. Yeah. I loved Crossroads. Yeah, and the wonky sets, the wobbly wonky sets, sets, do you remember? Way, mm. way, way longer than um, than Minnie Caldwell. Uh, longer than Stan Ogden. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and not, you're, presumably got, not long, longer than Hilda Ogden, though, because she was in it long, long time. Are we talking about the cat in the archers, or...? <laughs> Well, we can talk about both, really. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I hadn't spotted um, Ildrodden, but she was in it for no, a very long time after after Stan died, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, she but yeah, longer than Annie Sugden in Emmerdale. Uh, and you're, you're about to catch up on Len Fairclough and Annie Walker. Good lord! So it's it's I kind say. of interesting, isn't it? If you it look is. at the list, have a Google because mm. if you look at the list, mm, you'll see that almost all of the longest serving. Um, soap opera characters are from the archers obviously june spencer's top of the list for everything yeah. 65 years yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but it, it's it's interesting isn't it that mm. these these characters like elsie turner um mm. like ina sharples are so iconic for us I, I don't suppose they are for younger generations but they are for us mm. and they seem to they seem to be around forever mm. that's mm. that lillian's been around for longer than them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that is extraordinary isn't it yeah. Um, I, I suppose it's something to do with the visual impact, is it? I don't know of those programmes. Uh, that I, I have no idea. But um, that is curious. I'll, I'll take a look, actually. I'll, I'll have a look at all that. But just, yeah, shows how uh, how long we've been going, doesn't it, in Ambridge? It does, it does. Um, it, it probably says a lot about, uh, I don't know what it says about the archers, but the fact that they've stuck with the same... Um, the same actors and the same mm. characters for mm. so many years. Because if, if you look at the top five, four of them are from the Archers, and one of them's Ken Barlow. So yeah, 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 yeah. That is yeah, and he's been in it forever in a day. I mean, that's um, how you. Well, he has been, of course, he has been Corey, but it puts it all into perspective, doesn't it? Actually, um, it, it, it really June does. And um, and Paddy has been in it a long time as well. Who plays, who plays Jill? You know, the, because we celebrated what our seventieth anniversary was it last year, the year before? I get, get me mixed up, but very recently. Um, so uh, yeah, can't believe where the time time goes. I mean, I can remember when I first joined. Obviously, I've been in 20, 21 years, but just celebrating around that time the fiftieth. And you think, well, where's the last twenty years gone? We're now seventy. You know, um, 
yeah, fascinating, absolutely yeah. fascinating. It's quite unusual, isn't it, for people to be recast in the Archers? Hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is. But the characters have been. And I will. I mean, Lillian is. Yeah. You know, she's she's the second Lillian. Um, I, I, there could have been another one. I, I don't think there was. I think I yeah. am the second Lillian. But um, she'd been out for a long time, hadn't she'd she? She'd been out for about 10 years. She'd been out for about 10 years. And I, and I, I think it was decided um, that, you know, the Lillian that they wanted to return was slightly different. She was very different, character. wasn't she? Yeah, very, very slightly different. different. Because in a way, I think Lillian and Jenny kind of swapped personalities a wee bit. Because I think it, Jennifer had been the bit of a wild child, um, oh, she had, and yeah. yeah, she'd been the one. And then, and 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 I think Lillian had been, you know, the, the one that was always on the horses and rather straight and and all that. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. So when she came rushing back into Ambridge as this gin, uh, you know, drinking and cigarette smoking gal on the motorbike it, it, it took um, everybody a bit by storm but um yeah they decided to change for whatever reason the idea that you know when she'd when she'd been in um, guernsey she's had a bit of a personality change i think well clearly the wild living in guernsey had um, absolutely had got to corrupted her yeah it's that funny that i forget that, i do forget that jenny used to be a bit of a goer because um mm. in the archers anarchist we call her mrs high and mighty Mrs H and M for short, yeah, yeah, because she does, she does give that impression, doesn't she? These yeah. days, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Mrs. they have switched, mm. haven't they? So poor old Peggy's yeah. always had one daughter off the rails, hasn't she? Yes, um, yes. And then Tony plodding along. To- yeah, dear, dear, dear old Tony, plod plodding. Yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting, and it's 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 you know, it's a, it's a privilege as well to um as an actor to be with a character for a great length of time because it's unusual you know you do a run of something whether it be for I don't know three weeks three years but you know you're going to leave it whereas of course we're with our characters for a very long time so you really get to know them and they do become a bit your alter ego um, and so much so that you if you get new scriptwriters and things you and they're very good on the archers about this mm-hmm. but you think mm, i'm not sure that lily actually would phrase that in quite that way but they you know there's a little bit of freedom um sometimes in the way that you you, you phrase things a rhythm of of things and that's you, a joy do you ever say to the writers I, I i can i say this instead of this you say to the producer because by the time you get the script um you know it's been edited as it were um right. so you're really with the producer and the writer isn't there so you would say to to the producer stroke director and um generally they're very good because they also know the characters very well um yeah. uh and uh you know it, 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 it can be a, a very small thing like um i can't really sort of it's more of a, more of an attitude, you know. Certainly, there, there may be phrases where Lillian might be very kind of pleading or, or, or please, you know, could I have that? And actually, she's not really that kind of. And if she yeah. said it, it, would be, you know, oh, please, can I have that? You know, there's an attitude. So sometimes you just want to change um, the order of words in a sentence, mm-hmm. um, uh, which which create more of a truthful uh, character. But they're little things, you know. And, and some years ago. Again, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but I had scenes with Matt, and they were it was a domestic scene, this particular one, and, and she said, 
um, to him, oh, Tiger, will you please go and get my slippers? And I at the time said, because mm, I'm thinking slippers are those little sort of, you know, warm things from, I don't know, you know, the brogy type of slipper. And I said, she, 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 she wouldn't be wearing slippers, you know, she might 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 wear little mules with yes. fluffy bits on the front um but it, it's things like that because for the listener you're conjuring up because it's radio very strong images for people so i think you want to get it right um, uh, given that you know lillian probably better than anybody else mm. when there's a kind of new bit of uh, new bit of writing new bit of plot that that reveals a new side of her personality mm. how, how do you how is that for you? Is it like, oh, I didn't realise that about Lillian? Is, do you have to kind of incorporate that? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it 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 depends sometimes because um, sometimes you think, oh, I'm I'm not sure that that would Lillian the Lillian I know behave quite like that. But as an actor, you 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 have to think. Well, am I just not being creative enough, mm-hmm. or is it because I'm thinking I'm not quite sure if this really is her? But you just have to get on and deal with it, and find way find ways around it, uh, and find ways um, through it. Really, um, uh, because there there are times you think, well, actually, I had similar situation and I responded in a rather different way to this. You just have to get on and do it because sometimes, as well, you can be. A, a, a support to another storyline and so we, we, we can say we're a bit like wallpapering in a scene we're not the focus of the scene and so sometimes you can find that you're um, facilitating somebody else right. um, and, it, it, and and with doing that facilitating it may be that you, it, it appears that you're not being quite as truthful to the, the, the Lillian that you know as a, to facilitate that can't really explain quite what I mean but so you have to find a way around that um, and right. you have to adapt. You have to adapt to that. Uh, um, so, yeah, sometimes you just have to sort of get on and do it, really. Well, yeah, mm. I think if I understand what you're saying, it's like sometimes Lillian's in the background and just mm. there. As we all are in life, sometimes sometimes even you and I are not the main focus of attention. Are we? Yeah. And we're, yeah. we're in the chorus. Yeah. And and then we're probably a bit different because we're, mm. because we're in the chorus. Hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think I think if you've lived with a character for a long time, you find ways through it. I think it's more um, uh, tricky if you if you haven't been with the character for very long and you're still trying to work out who you are to try and adapt to situations which you think mm, I'm not sure this is completely right. I think it can be more difficult. But you know, you 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 find a way. You find a way through it. You find a way through it. Um, uh, it's a job, yeah. I suppose. I, I, I'm always intrigued yeah. by what the job of an actor is, but mm. but a huge part of the job is to find the character and to be able to deliver what the writers have written in a way that's true mm. to the character. Mm. And I think, you know, as a writer, mm. I never mind if a if if an actor or a director says, "I don't think mm. this is quite right," because mm. you know, I don't always get it right. Mm. Mm. But yeah, it, it, and, and inevitably, you know, we've got a lot of writers on the programme, mm-hmm. get new writers on the programme, of course, and for them to be able to get into the heads and rhythms of all these characters in the archers, that is quite tricky, you know, and get the storyline out that they've got to yeah. get out. So, um, yeah. uh, and then inevitably, some writers will not write better for certain characters, but have more of affinity with certain yeah, characters, and therefore, you know, so um, it's... Uh, 
you know you have to adapt you work you work as a team you just work as a team together but but the the great thing is that there's a there's a lot of um there's freedom to a certain extent on the archers not you wouldn't have the same freedom if you were doing just a a, a radio drama no. um you'd stick much more closely and rigidly to the script but um because you're all finding it together but you know, we, we we it's it's a uh, it's a lot of teamwork in the archers just to make it work really for everybody mm. Mm. well I, it just is rather lovely that as I look at this list of characters, so many of them from the Archers, and it, it just says a lot about the program and yeah. a lot yeah. about the ethos and the values of the program, doesn't it? That yeah. that they want people to stick around for a long time, and mm. they must have to. You know, looking at um, people like June Spencer and and Paddy Green, they must have to make some sort of um, I don't know what the word is accommodations for mm. them to be able to do this mm. work safely at the, at yeah. the ages that they're at now and it's just wonderful and they, that they want and they, to do and it. they do they work yeah. very very yeah. hard um, the archers production team you know at making that happen whether it's you know going down maybe to, to june's house to record her um mm. uh, you know getting cars you know cars come up uh, bbc cars come up and take them down just making sure they're they're okay working schedules around so that they're not too tired and yeah that the, the, there's a lot of that but the the, the appreciation I, I, that's what I so love about it that you know you, you, you can be in a storyline with, with maybe Alice's baby Martha and then the other end of the spectrum you've got June playing Peggy at 103 it's yeah. fantastic that you know um, everybody can still be appreciated and respected I mean this yeah. business that we're talking about a lot of getting older and how people's viewers um, you know here we have in the archers, you know, there's Paddy, there's, there's June there's, there's all the other old actors that are still going and yeah. have been for a long time and still really respected and appreciated and valued good mm. well long may it last and indeed i indeed. look forward to the time that you overtake emily bishop in the list a mere 53 oh. years in corrie so emily a little bishop. way to go but you'll catch up yeah 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 oh i liked her as a character too very good very good very good i did too very good, very good. but um yeah, do you know, the, the other day as well, I, in the Archers, I, I was talking to um, lovely uh, Trev, who plays Eddie Grundy, and we were talking a little bit about what it must have been like uh, for Lillian and and uh, Eddie, you know, when they were children, because they used to play together. And then, and then it got us thinking, it got me thinking about school days, just generally, and things like that. And... Um, uh, yeah, you know, you, and you start to talk about that, and then memories come flooding back. Yeah, they do. Um, and did you, did you enjoy school? Was was school mm. a, a nice memories? Mostly, mostly not. Um, I started to enjoy it by the time I got to the sixth form, but mostly I didn't. Do you remember much of what you learnt at school? I don't remember much of what I've learned. I think my my experiences of it. I I, mm. I wasn't a bit. I didn't particularly. Um, enjoy school days I joined aspects of of school days and I I discovered through school an ability I was quite a good sight reader which I didn't realize I was because I wasn't mm-hmm. academically bright so um and but I had this and I've talked Fine about it before wonderful <laughs> really true uh, but I, I and I've d- discussed before this wonderful teacher that I had um Joyce mm-hmm. Joyce Wood but what, what it enabled me to do was kind of discover um a joy of acting really because yeah. I was very shy um, and suddenly discovered, oh, I could do all that. I really quite enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's all that sort of discovery. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I did quite um, enjoy it, but I found the academic thing sort of 
I wasn't that good at you know getting things down on paper particularly I was just very very ill-organized about doing my homework I think I, I was the worst I was always doing it on the school bus on the way into okay. school I was awful I met up with an old school friend a few weeks back we went away for a weekend together um, and we were talking about what we remembered from what we'd learned at school a secondary school in particular which is where we met mm. with her for seven years and what I came down to was I could remember the coal fields of Scotland for no apparent reason <laughs> um, a few French verbs I can remember a smattering of French not enough to be helpful and to mm. have any kind of useful conversation in French because obviously the kinds of things you want to talk about now didn't exist when we were at school like computers yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. chargers um, where's the Wi-Fi mm. There was, there was none of that. We had books mm. and that was it. Um, mm. And I remember we had, um, I, can't remember, I can't remember what they called, cooking lessons, something, Ponzi, home economics or something. Home economics, yeah. Yeah, I can remember one recipe from there, which was toast with a ring of pineapple from a tin and a cheese slice from a packet on the top of it bunged under the grill. Which sounds very, very, very unprepossessing, but it's actually rather nice. Rather delicious. Yes, it is quite delicious. <laughs> so, but that's that's the most I can offer from seven years worth of education. Um, yeah, I can remember some poems. Did you learn poems oh, you? at heart? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. We did. I can we did learn poems. I can remember we learned The Highwayman. Gosh, who was that by? I think I it was Tennyson. And it was a very, very, very long poem. I do remember this. I can't remember any of it now. It's something about the highwayman's daughter. And um, But that was the first time I discovered I got real pleasure and relished the fact that I learned this. I can remember really focusing on learning it. And I can remember reciting it. I think that might have been a bit of a light bulb moment for me because I can remember reciting it at school. And maybe that's when they thought, oh, this girl's, you know, she quite enjoys all this. Um and that was a lot because I did really immerse myself in that and I lost myself in it and that that was um yeah that that was a nice moment but I also do remember we did needlework (laughs) and it took me about three terms to make a skirt Mm -hmm. and by the time because I wasn't I wasn't very handy and by the time of course you know that it was ready to wear I'd I'd outgrown the skirt so that that was you know I had to go to the jumble sale uh, yeah, I, I, my, it was a shame really because my grandmother was a seamstress and a very, very good seamstress, but I just didn't inherit that talent. I'm, I'm, no. I'm sad to say. No, um, I, I, I'm the same. I had seamstresses in my family, but I was absolutely bloody useless and still am at sewing. Um, my husband's quite a nifty sewer. Uh, he's, mm. he's pretty handy with the sewing machine, but I'm rubbish. Yes, because yeah. he made some curtains for you in your old house, didn't he? He did. He did. He yeah. did. And he made, he made clothes and things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know if you can hear this, but next door having a loft extension. So there is a certain amount of banging going on. Never mind, Uh, never mind, never mind. The roofers weren't meant to be in today, but they've turned up just to be bloody awkward. Yeah, but that's life, isn't it? You know, these things happen, don't they? Um, It's not intrusive anyway, me. But I tell you the other thing I was thinking about. Did you used to have a tuck shop? You used to have a tuck shop. I did have a tuck shop. Yes, exciting, exciting. And it made me think... On this little tuck shop, into we, we had sort of these penny arrow things that you could have. And I used mm-hmm. to have, do you remember, old money? We have threepence, yeah. threepence pieces and sixpence, sixpence. Yeah, yeah. And you were really living it up if you had sixpence. My friend Jill Humphreys used, always had sixpence. Uh, I could only afford threepence. And yeah. she had a lot more than, than me. Uh, and uh, I had a little grey shoulder bag. Uh, and I can remember I used to put my threepence in the shoulder bag. I mm. say. Yeah, no, yeah. I do. We did have a tuck shop. I'd forgotten that. It's full of... 
why the why, why anybody thought it was a good idea to that pubescent girls stuff themselves with sweets, chocolate, and donuts? I've no well, idea. Yeah, but they didn't know about you know sugar highs and things like that then, really, did they? I don't think. No, I suppose not. But no, um, that was that was the highlight of my day generally. Visit yeah. to the tuck shop if I could. Yeah. If I managed to find threepence or sixpence. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. very very odd occasion after a birthday when some aunt or uncle had given me coughed up half a crown. It's like woohoo! Mm. Oh, would you buy, you buy the entire crowns? tuck shop for that? Two, two and six, wasn't it? Half a crown was two, two and six. six wasn't it? Yes, twelve and a half yeah. pence in normal money. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. Oh dear, we're doing that thing now, aren't we? Yeah, like, remember, oh, but it's quite. When it's, you it's, could buy a bag of chips and get change uh, and buy a flight to Monastir and yeah. But I find it quite comforting, quite frankly. I think it's it's really quite nice to remember all that. And do you remember, you know, the gabardines and the satchels and the sandals and the pumps and oh, all God, that sort of thing. Yeah. Did you have pumps? Yeah. Little black I did pumps. Have, I did have. I did have pumps, or as we call them down south, like plimsolls. I Excuse me, but there were pumps up. Oh God! Pumps. I remember going to a shop in Birmingham with Nick not long after we'd met, and he wanted to get some. He wanted to get some pumps. So, so we go into the shop, and he said, "He said it's nice. It's nice stuff." Anyway, uh, I'd like a pair of plimsolls, please. And the guy goes, "You are," and he said, "A pair of plimsolls." And I said, "He wants pumps." He went, "Oh, all right." <laughs> It immediately went off to get them. Oh, Absolutely. I know what you want then. Oh, Absolutely. I didn't you say? Yes. Yeah. But it was yeah. there was a lot of confusion between indoor shoes, outdoor shoes, and gym shoes. And then, yeah. did you have to wear hideous things to do gym in? Horrible, oh, yes. horrible garments. Yes, Airtex. Yes. Air, we had a blue Airtex top, and um, these sort of. And you know that Airtex top, <laughs> I had when I was about eleven, and I was still wearing it in my thirties. You weren't. Well, I didn't grow. Didn't Sad, you? isn't it? Yeah, I can't wear it now. I've grown a bit since then. I've expanded a bit since then. But I did wear it for a very, very long time. I say. That blue airtex top. No, well, we had <coughs> we had the first job that we had in sewing class was to make this hideous, hideous garment. It was called the gym garment, which was oh dear. which was like a vile, vile thing yeah. um, that sort of went over the head. And there was a pair of matching drawers with it that you had to make as well. Ooh. Of course, it took me Ooh. about two years to make mine, so I had to. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you'd outgrown to... it by the time you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm not allowed to buy one. But it was just yet another humiliation to do with doing PE. Yes, um, yes. Because I loathed that gym. I loathed everything yes. about that gym. Oh, I, I, I didn't like I, I was hopeless. I mean, well, I think we've discussed this before. I mean, I was yeah, absolutely yeah. hopeless because... Yeah. Um, although I, I, I did quite like netball, actually, fun enough. And, mm. and I think it's because I jumped a lot because I was small. Uh, and they, they sort of rewarded me for that because they thought she's really trying. They put me yes. into goal, which always seemed a bit bizarre to me since I was the smallest girl in the class. But uh, uh, it was a bit like Zebedee, you know, doom, up you go. And there we are. And yes. rounders, I enjoy rounders. I enjoy rounders. But then one day... I think the teacher couldn't find the rounders ball and they found a cricket ball <gasps> and yeah they found a cricket ball and I was batting and the person who sent you know held the ball hit my thumb and I will oh. never forget the pain I will never forget the pain it was oh a, a wonder God. I didn't break my thumb but even now I can remember I mean why do that you forgot your blinking rounders ball use a cricket ball excuse me really madness could have hit you on the head couldn't it really well, you'd be could arrested for that now i mean that's, well, that's really, really dangerous isn't it you certainly would yeah. um it's a miracle we survived school isn't it really it is really but the other thing of course i was thinking you were talking about um you, you know computers and all these things that of course children have now we didn't have anything like that mm. um 
desks. We had fountain pens, yeah. didn't we? That you had to fill, and in the desk there was a place where you put your your, your ink, ink. So you well, had to fill your, you know. Right. So that meant you got ink everywhere, blotters, yeah. you know. That was always a big problem for me. I used to get ink on my, my uniform. Yeah. I used to get to trouble all on your fingers. It was yeah. a very laborious method, wasn't it? But then you could get the cartridges. I remember that being very exciting, getting exciting. a cartridge a at a fountain pen. So that was less messy. Yeah. God. Um, and then there was the yeah. abacus, wasn't there? Uh, I don't the know, abacus. Not really. Um, <laughs> we just are a lot older than we think, aren't we? We look at all the we change are. that's happened. We are. But, I mean, My you know, God. you didn't... You, you know, you, everything had to be worked out in your head, didn't you? You didn't have any help from calculators yeah. or anything like that which for me was a nightmare because you know maths is not my strongest point that's for sure hmm. but I did have a lovely maths teacher and she was called Miss Owen and she was a very very good teacher actually you know I think she saw me as a real challenge because I was you know what do they call it Num- numerically discalculate discalculate thank you um so yeah but she was always a real chance she was kind to me and she i did learn from her but then she left to look after her mother in wales and our headmistress took over and she was vile Mm. and she was one of those people you know if you couldn't do it then she'd look at you and she used to say you snail you it was awful well i learned nothing Mm. because i was so stressed out and i can remember we used to have double maths on a thursday afternoon and i was so stressed out about my best friend fortunately jill humphreys who i've mentioned before she was really good at maths and what i used to do was i just used to copy what she'd done mm. and then of course you get found out when you you know because yeah. you go up to the you know yeah. and she'd say how do you do that? and i couldn't do it and i was so scared by her um that i then started to pretend that i got terrible migraines and i used to go into my mother's makeup drawer first thing on a thursday morning and get some really white powder oh, and put it on you. my face and lie in bed then they got wise to it that it was always a thursday mm. so and I, I had to face my demons but um not good teaching no. not good teaching because no. I learned nothing whereas I did from my first teacher um, she, she really tried really hard with me mm. the, the other thing where the technology's changed a lot is cars isn't it because yeah. when I first started to drive which is quite late in life really I had to deal with a manual choke which nobody's ever heard of now have they no no you, yeah you, I can you, remember you used to you used to pull it out didn't you, you that's used to right to pull stick it your out. handbag on it um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You learnt to drive when you were quite young, didn't you? I did. I passed my test when I was um, eighteen, so I've been Ooh. driving. For, yeah. But how about you? Did, did when, when did you start to drive? Oh, when I was about, I think I passed my test when I was about twenty-eight. Because the thing is, oh, is, okay. is where we grew up, isn't it? Growing up yeah, in the yeah, city, yeah. Yeah, there's no need sure. to drive because you've got public no. transport. Of course. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I just didn't need to, and but Nick couldn't countenance anybody who wasn't driving, so he taught me to drive. In his MGB GT, which was a really stupid car to learn to drive in. My goodness, Janie, it would yeah. have been really drif- difficult, that, it actually. It was. It was not easy, uh, which might explain why I failed the test two or three times before I passed it. So did, did you have any actual tests with a driving instructor as well as that? I'd, after I'd failed, I think, for the third time, right. I said, do you think it might be an idea if I had lessons with a driving instructor in a, in a proper car? Because, I mean, that's out. a very different different driving experience in an MG, isn't it? I mean, you can, you're almost laid flat, aren't you, in an MG, you know, as opposed to sort of sitting upright properly and all Well, that. I couldn't... I know you've had this problem with cars, haven't you? I couldn't... Mm-hmm. You had to be propped up on half a dozen cushions to see yeah. over the steering wheel anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and um, 
Uh, in fact, my uh, Sue, my partner, I had passed my test by this time. <laughs> but um, I, I, she had an MG, and uh, we were a little worse for wear. I think we'd been to a club somewhere. I mean, this is an awful story, really. Um, but I had quite a lot to drink, and she said, you know, why don't you drive her? Madness, isn't it? Madness. And I could barely see, because my legs were too short to reach the pedals properly. So in order to reach the pedals properly, I had to sink right down in the... See, you could just about, I could, my eyes could just about see over the dashboard. I mean, but not only that, um, I also do remember going round the roundabout the wrong way. <gasps> yes, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we survived to tell the tale, but that is pretty, pretty scary, isn't it? But, you know, when I, um, many, many, many years ago, um, when Brookside, remember Brookside? I uh, was on the box. I got a part, it was about mid 20s, I got a part in Brookside, right? And I got a part as a WPC, Woman Police Constable. Oh, I remember. Do you remember that? Now, of course, when you go for interviews for things like that, you're generally sitting down, aren't you? You know, mm-hmm. they don't see how short or tall you are. Anyway, I got the part. It was marvellous. And um, so I went along and I, I, I did my scene. But one of the things they wanted was to see the WPC driving into Brookside Close, you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in those days, there used to be, do you remember the Ford Escorts, blue Ford I Escorts? Yeah, used yeah. to be the pa- Yeah, well, they used to be the Panda Police cars, you mm. see. Now, I knew about Ford Escorts because my dad, after I passed my test, my dad actually was a car, not only was he a farmer, but he was a car dealer at one point. So we had lots of different cars. And after I passed my test in London, he gave me a Ford Escort. Uh, very kind of him. However, Ford Escort, a bit like an MG, is is a little tricky if you don't have long legs. And uh, it was always a bit difficult to drive. So what my father did, it's terrible really, before we we had to wear seatbelts, what he did, he put underneath a piece of wood underneath my seat, right? So so that this would push me forward so I could, but of course incredibly dangerous, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And if I had to do an emergency stop, what happened was the seat just shot up. So it was terribly dangerous but I knew that I was going to have issues when I saw that Ford Escort Panda in the book I knew I was going to have issues because I'd already experienced it and I thought it was going to be a night and there are wonderful pictures of me and indeed that was the case when I got into the Panda all in order for me able to get to the panels or pedals all you can see on it is the police hat is the WPC <laughs> hat coming into the close how it's being driven you don't know and I'm I'm just craning it's just hysterical of course because I was too small it was very 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 funny um so so that was that yeah straining to um to to drive that but uh, I I my dad actually you know he was he was a monkey my dad because because he was a car dealer he was also a rally driver and I do remember talking about cars they'd sold a, a car they'd actually sold a car and the person my parents had this car they'd sold it and they were coming to collect it I think on the Tuesday on, on the Saturday my dad decided to go rallying in it can you imagine anybody doing that and of course what does he do he drives into a brick wall and I do remember you know I didn't quite know how they got out of it but my mother just going ballistic and saying Ken how could you possibly do that you stupid man so we've always been a bit reckless I think in our family yeah Um, it's a miracle you survived this long I know I know have you got exciting stories to tell about driving Jamie I've I've had a couple of a couple of accidents I had a I had one where um I was driving, Nick was teaching me to drive, and I had an old Mini, really old and quite battered. And we were, so I wasn't in the MGB, or perhaps it was just after I passed my, it was just after I passed my test. Anyway, so driving up to town, driving around Victoria, quite busy. And he suddenly goes, pull over to the side, pull over to the side. I was like, mm. what, 
why? Mm. You know, I'm driving mm. fine. You mm. Taking this as a criticism of driving. Anyway, he's just like practically wrenched the steering wheel off me, pulled me into the side of double yellow lines just outside Victoria Station. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Get out of the car. So um, what's going on? What had happened was, at this time, I was terry terry phobic about spiders. I'm not now. I went on a course and I'm fine with them. But he had spotted an enormous spider about to crawl across my sandaled feet, my bare feet. Ooh. And he knew that if I looked down and saw a spider, yeah. that I would then just lose control of the car completely yeah, and yeah, go any yeah, old way. Yeah. So, <gasps> gosh. Yeah. But you, you were okay. You managed to sort of pull in and, and then, and then yeah, scream. Yeah, I was just, and I was just then really scream. Then I went, then I freaked out completely because I'm I'm sure. the spider yeah. in the car. So he had to not only find that spider and evict it, but then he had to look to see if there was a family of them and yeah. Um, yeah, find any more that might be there. Oh, Ooh. I don't think I got back in that car again. For well, no, I was going to say, I bet you didn't. I, I think you said right. we sold it. I'm walking home. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere near that oh. car again. Quick absolutely. thinking, Nick. There, quick thinking. Very, very you know. good job he spotted it because I would have gone absolutely berserk mm. if um, if that had happened. A little little story, very quickly before we go because we've got to go and do stuff, haven't we? Um, but um, was my dad again? As I say, he was a car dealer and he used to take cars to sell um, in in Manchester if they decided they didn't want to sell them on the forecourt. You see, and they used to have a, a guy called Bill Tripney who often used to accompany my father to taking cars to Manchester to be sold in the in, in the sales room. And this particular day. Um, this car that they wanted to sell, the, the brakes went on the car that they were taking down. So my father then decided that they, they were halfway there, they'd get the car to Manchester. So they put a tow rope on my dad's car, Bill Trippney was in the car with no mm-hmm. brakes, um, and they would take it down there. Well, of course, it was quite busy as they got into Manchester, lots of traffic lights. And my father um, suddenly had to pull up quite, quite sharply Right. And of course, Bill Tripney had no, um, no brakes on the car. So in order to avoid hitting my father, what he had to do is steer the car round my father. And he said it was just extraordinary because then he ended up being being t- towed by Bill Tripney and he just sort of went sailing past him. I just thought that was a lovely little image. He used to laugh and laugh and laugh about that. It was a great, great moment. Great oh moment. Anyway, so I haven't well. had such joys of, of tow ropes, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Great story. Your dad, honestly. I know he was a he was a bit of a one. He was a good driver actually, my dad, but he enjoyed he enjoyed um enjoyed the rallying. Um I'd never have yeah. known that about him. He's such a lovely yeah. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he loved cars. Uh cows and cars, I used to say. Cows and cows cars. And cars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose maybe we'd be better kind of go and get on with our life, do you think? Should we? Should oh. we do that? I don't Yeah, I think I've got you gonna somewhere do? to get on with. I know. Were you that? Listen, that banging stopped, hasn't it? I know. Just as we finished recording, it's typical, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, well, it's, I'm sorry it's about that, but no, hey. it wasn't intrusive. I'm just no, kind of mindful no. of it, really. But it, they'll be finished by July, so <laughs> what? Twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe they only started right. in February, so hey. All right, Chuck. Well, all right, take love. care. Yeah, and you, and go and enjoy your day, and all that. And you too. Enjoy the sunshine. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time. (laughs) 